Suffering for Jesus. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. It's Monday morning, and here in the United States, it is Labor Day, uh, one day a year that we set apart to celebrate uh, the American worker and the importance of workers in our culture and uh, for the success of our businesses. Many people are off today, but uh, many are actually working. Um, And so uh, we are grateful as a nation uh, that uh, we've been a nation that uh, has prospered under God and a nation that has uh, grown and given many people opportunities to provide for their families. And uh, so we, we stand with gratitude in our hearts for the Lord's blessing on this great land and pray that it continues. Um, and we pray, too, that a movement would be alive within our country of, um, of moving our hearts back in God's direction from our political leaders down to every family represented in this country. Uh, it's my prayer that we would move back to the heart of God. Um, and so I'm um, reflecting on that need today in our culture. Uh, as we have grown and prospered, it seems we've lost sight of the one who has made it all possible, and that is our God and Creator uh, who loves us and who gave us this great land that we might be a beacon of light in the world. Uh, it's my prayer that that uh, calling would once again become clear and that we would live into it as a country. Um, Today also, there are many fears on the eastern coast of the United States and in many of the Caribbean islands that have already been affected by Hurricane Dorian, and so our minds and hearts are thoughtful as we consider those in the path of that hurricane's uh, destruction, and we pray that God would alleviate uh, the suffering and send that hurricane on another direction. Uh, He is possible. He's the God of heaven and earth. He is the God who uh, is overall. I remember Jesus standing in the midst of the storm, calming the wind and the waves with a word, peace be still. And so we pray that God would speak that word over this storm as well. Um, And so we come into Monday. Uh, We're going to finish Philippians chapter 1 today. We're looking at verses 27 through 30. And before we get into the text, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Uh, we come, Lord God, um, trusting you that in situations where it seems there is no way, we we need to trust, Lord God, that you are the way and uh, that you will provide a way, you will make a way where there is no way. And so we give you thanks, Lord God, that you are the God over uh, all. You are the the God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth. And we trust in you completely, O oh God. So we bring all that we are, uh, all that concerns us, and we lay it at your feet today. We want to hear from you as you teach us through your word. And uh, we ask that you give us ears to hear and eyes to see. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for your word and its instruction and uh, for your spirit's leadership in our lives. Continue to do what you do. and We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here's Philippians 1, 27 through 30. Paul writes, Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm 
and the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now here that I still have. So Paul concludes uh, the opening chapter of his letter to the Philippian believers. And um, these were tenuous times. Paul was writing this letter from his uh, rented home as he was on house arrest. And um, there was a lot of uncertainty for the believers in the first century. Uh, The Roman government was not favorable toward Christianity. There were still strong religious opposition from the Jewish uh, leaders uh, of the day. And uh, it was their great endeavor to snuff out the Christian movement so that all this Jesus talk would just go away. And so it makes sense that Paul would say in verse 27, whatever happens. <laughs> in other words, in this earthly sense, in this earthly realm, we don't, we don't know what's coming our way. Um, the persecution may intensify. Um, the problems we face may intensify. Uh, But whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Um, That's a tremendous call and a wonderful challenge, even for us today, as as the winds of change swirl about culturally and as Christianity is no longer regarded uh, with the same high reputation in our society. Um, Christians are... um, thought of uh, more often than not as people who are kind of subject to believing myths, not people of great faith, not people uh, who have um, uh, a true and logical and pragmatic faith in God. Um, the culture has just shifted. Uh, faith is, um, is on par with mythology And so uh, we too face this challenge that whatever happens in the culture, whatever winds of change come, uh, we we are called to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. For every doubter, uh, we're presented an opportunity. Uh, And so the more doubt that arises in our culture, the more opportunities we have to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul did it in Acts chapter 17 when he entered the marketplace of ideas and saw all of their um, inscriptions and uh, monuments to the multiplicity of gods in the in the universe that they created this uh, polytheism of the day, and he says, "I see your altar to an unknown God. I'm here to make that God known to you in the person of Jesus Christ." And so, where there's doubt or where there's uh, uh, confusion uh, about uh, things of faith, uh, the believers can bring truth. And so that's our call. And we should stand firm on the gospel. We should continue to conduct ourselves as Jesus would have us do, uh, regardless of the societal temperature toward Christianity. Paul says, then whether I come to you uh, and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you're standing firm in the one spirit. And uh, we are called to stand firm in the spirit of God regardless of the challenges that come our way, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Uh, We don't bend when the culture tries to bend us. 
We don't bend when the heat is on. We stand firm. We trust God all the more. We depend on him and lean into him all the more. Uh, Paul says, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. It can be a scary thing to be opposed. It can be a scary thing to face uh, religious opposition because you take a strong faith stance. Um, I imagine every freshman politician faces that if they're a believing person and maybe they conducted a campaign on a strong pro-life stance and uh, belief in um, and uh, seeing the gospel lived out in public policy decisions and uh, as the heat is on and as the special interests crank up their uh, their campaigning uh, of ideas, I imagine it's quite a temptation to bend uh, if you're in that setting. But we face it too every day. It's a temptation to take to let our faith take a backseat when others are deriding people of faith or deriding Jesus or deriding Christianity. Uh, Paul says when we take that firm stance, this is a sign to them uh, that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved in that by God. For it's been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but that's true. We've been granted on behalf of Christ. Our faith in Christ is the pathway toward belief in God. Uh, But he says, but also to suffer for him. Uh, We don't always like to hear about that side of the story. (laughs) But if we're going to proclaim Christ, then we will be like him in his sufferings in the world. And suffering for Christ is different than suffering for other purposes. If we're suffering for the stupid things that we've done, if we're suffering for the bad mistakes that we've made, that's just consequences, natural consequences for the things that we've done. But if we're suffering for Christ, that means we're suffering because we're taking a stand for him. We're suffering because we're being bold in our sharing of the gospel. We're suffering because the culture is turning against us because they're beginning to see us as a threat because we are taking a stand for Jesus in a bold and public and clear way. Not an offensive way per se, but in a bold, public and clear way. And so suffering for Christ is suffering for the sake of the gospel, suffering for the sake of the faith. And that's a different kind of suffering. That is suffering brought on by our firm stance for Jesus. And he'll strengthen us through those times and he'll help us uh, continue to stand firm. And he will give us the words that we need to speak, speak to those who oppose us. And he will, and he will give us... Uh, uh, others who will uh, take a stand for us and encourage us and and stand with us, linking arms when the battle is uh, at its hottest moment. And so God is faithful and he'll see us through those times of suffering for him. Uh, and Paul says, since you're going through the same struggle you saw that I had and now here that I still have. Uh, Paul says, I'm suffering too. And don't be surprised uh, when you suffer for the sake of Christ as well. And the suffering may be pretty subtle. Uh, I don't think any of us is at risk of being thrown in prison or put in put on house arrest because of our faith in Jesus. But there are brothers and sisters across the world who are experiencing that very thing, who are suffering in this very way because of their stance for the gospel. And we ought to remember them strongly in our prayers each day. 
there are pastors and Christian leaders and people of faith and all sorts of places in the world that are daily facing persecution and trouble and hardship because they proclaim the name of Jesus. And uh, we ought to strongly identify with their struggle and we ought to strongly lift them in prayer as they need it so greatly. Um, the encouragements from their brothers and sisters in the faith are a treasure to them when they're facing those great challenges. I admire their courage for the faith. And uh, were we in some other country and uh, we were people of faith, we would be facing the same things. All right, my friends, I'm uh, encouraged by this teaching and challenged by it also. Uh, I pray that God would continue to impress these things on your heart as you consider them today. God bless.